There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to Radio Motherboard. This is Jason Kebler and I've got Chris O'Coin here. Hello. And who are you? I'm also a Chris, but my last name's Gil. And what do you do here? Um, I'm a staff camera guy with Vice, so they send me out to places with a camera and I film stuff for them. It's very nice to meet you. I just met Chris two seconds ago, and that's going to be the theme of this episode. Meet Motherboard and people who we work with, because we all have very interesting sometimes jobs. And from what I understand, Chris has just shot some stuff for us, so... What did you do? Um, I shot some stuff about uh, a new show that I don't know how much I'm technically allowed to talk about, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and there was a bunch of wacky adventures, and when people see it, I think they're going to be pretty into it. You can tell us a little bit about your adventures, I think. Right, Chris O'Coin? Um, uh, might have to keep it loose for now. <laughs> Oh boy, can you didn't what's a crazy thing that happened to you on uh, this trip? Well, there was a pretty serious threat of getting tick encephalitis in the jungles of Siberia. Um so that was pretty crazy. We uh almost got beat up by Kazakh bandits and uh bumped around in a really really old Russian van for like close to probably 700 miles. And that's probably, I think that might be as specific as we can go. Maybe I'm being overcautious, but I don't know. No, I think it's right. No, that's good. Um, I did not know Siberia had jungles. That's a very naive thing. Of I don't think, ignorant it, I don't thing, think it's like Thailand-type jungle. Maybe jungle wasn't the right word. Dense forest, shrubbery. It's a lot yeah. of shrubbery. <laughs> and uh, Chris, what do you do here? Oh uh, my God! Two Chris's is terrible. This is, hard. This this is, is hard. one of you has to leave. Yeah, <laughs> I um, I have to be pretty loose here as well. But I work in so many secret projects, yeah. TV production, um, and uh, editing and um, video things of all stripes. Really, what's the best sci-fi movie you've seen lately? I saw Ant-Man on Saturday. I don't know if that qualifies as sci-fi per se. It does, because I just got an email from, I believe, the university, like Georgia Tech or someone, I forget who it was, saying, insect expert available to talk about the insect actions in Ant-Man. Yeah, there was a lot of ants in it that I wasn't sure if these were real ants, um, and I don't think it matters. But uh, it it was chill. I liked it. It wasn't bad. Is this Simon Pegg? Who is even in it? I have no idea. No, actually, um, so you're thinking of Simon Pegg because, um, oh, God, his name's escaping me. But the guy who directed the Cornetto Edgar trilogy. Edgar Winter. Edgar. No. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, I believe yes. it is. Yeah. He, uh, the guy who did the Cornetto trilogy was supposed to direct Ant-Man and had developed the project for Marvel. And then something very bad happened and he unceremoniously left and like kind of was very angry about it and let the world know on the internet and then marvel restaffed the movie with another director i don't know who the director is but they did a good job it's uh it's good it's a good uh it's a good popcorn flick it's a good superhero jaunt i was gonna say uh i was surprised that it just now came out because i interviewed edgar wright and simon pegg and they mentioned that they're working on this movie i think in like 2007 or 2008 
and it was supposed to come out like right after so i was very surprised that it just now came out yeah it, it, it was edgar wright's passion project like he was working on it i think since like Shaun of the dead maybe even came out and uh he really like wanted to see it succeed and he was really invested in it and uh and then marvel pulled it out from under him and i guess he was very very pissed off who stars in this one uh, uh, so it's Paul Rudd, uh, Evangeline Lilly from Lost, who I didn't even notice until halfway through the movie. Um, and, uh, Michael Douglas is also in it. And, uh, uh, motherboard editor in chief Derek Mead just entered. Yeah, uh, sick vice Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Welcome Derek. Come here. Can I ask you a question, Derek? We're, we're doing a pretty free-floating interview. Where'd you get that Vice jersey from? Do we uh, have a baseball Can I team? ask you a question, Derek? I I Why am I not on the softball team that you're clearly my, about to go play? It's not my team. It's uh, Vice.com has a team. They asked me if I could play today. What? That's so not fair, because you, yeah. you, uh, you were like a high school baseball player, right? Yeah. you got to have a ringer, He's a ringer? That's no. not fair. He works for Vice. <laughs> what position yeah. did you play? Uh, I Shortstop. Played, I play no, no, I'm much too tall for that. I played first base in high school, uh, and my coach called me Big Horse all the time because oh, yeah. it was very slow. Um, and then I played outfield for a, uh, another team nice. in the summers because I was actually not as slow as they thought. Who, Swift. Who are you playing today? Uh, New York Magazine. Oh my God! Are yeah. you gonna, are you gonna stuff those vultures? Uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I've been trying to think of a good like smack talk. You know, I like heckling. The real art of heckling is like being able to really pick at people's weaknesses and like make fun of them for like small things you know that they're afraid of. And I don't really know enough about God. New York Magazine to like know what it is that I can claw at. And then so just like calling them assholes like isn't gonna work. I don't think they are either. So. I probably shouldn't have said that on the podcast. No, but this, that's is okay. free, this is a free yeah. form yeah, podcast. New York's like a pretty good magazine, and there's no like obvious threads to pull there that I can think of. But yeah. if it was the New York Post, that might be easier. I think you can drag their name through the mud, and nobody's really going to give a shit. They drag yeah. everybody else's name through the mud. Yeah, so. they do, don't they? Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, fuck them. Nice. <laughs> um, if this is free form, I know a hilarious series of tales that you could speak to from older motherboard content. Oh, yeah. Chris Gill, as I pointed out. Yeah, we had some fun. Um, I'll, I'll tell a quick one when we shot high country, which is a doc we did on the, uh, the legal cannabis industry in uh, Colorado, uh, that I was, I guess, on set producing and, and Gil was shooting. Um, do you remember when we, I thought it was a great idea for everybody to get high while we shot a particular interview? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, in this dude's living room and we like, set up the cameras and we were just talking to this one the one guy what was his what's his name again uh uh jacob jacob yeah yeah, yeah. we're you know we're shooting the interview and there's just a uh plethora of marijuana sitting on the table and joints going everywhere and i don't know if it was that night or maybe the night after that um abdullah got me to eat uh an edible or no no it was brian abdullah tricked me just this past month with eating an edible and i got higher than that night and <laughs> The night that we were together, you and I, that was the highest I'd ever been, and I had just topped it in June because of uh, another mistaken edible fiasco. <laughs> but I ate, I just ate like a little bit, and we were supposed to interview Snoop Dogg or something, and then he, he like didn't have time, or we ended up not doing it. And you, and you then, had an episode. Yeah, Brian was like, "Here, just eat half." It's like, I'm, you know, I'm gonna eat the other half, and you know, we'll go back and have dinner, and like, so I eat it, and we're in the rental car driving to Applebee's because we're in Denver, and it was like. 1 a.m. and there's nothing else open except Applebee's and like other terrible places and we get in and then like as soon as I sit down in like the weirdest like full circle booth that they have it just gets railroaded by this crazy almost like mushroom trip of <laughs> marijuana induced coma that I slip into and I can't even eat my Fiesta Lime chicken. You I were talking so about you were like I just need the Fiesta Lime chicken. I just I'll want, be okay. I'll be fine. I'll be okay. Once I eat that I'll be okay. And I just I couldn't I couldn't do it. Just lost all appetite and all hope for humanity. <laughs> Disappointing. And that's one of our best performing documentaries of all time, correct? Yeah. I actually, the, 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 yes. And the, the end credits is Jacob and Brian laughing on a couch. Do you remember this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was because we just put it in because we thought it was a hilarious way to, to roll out the end credits. But the question that was asked that led to that laughter was, Brian asked Jacob uh, how, like, something like, well, so what do you like to smoke? And he was like, 
you know, bowls, bombs, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we all laughed for like five straight minutes. It's just nonstop laughter. Yeah. That interview was... It's I, the best interview. It was, th- it was a three-hour interview. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like maybe ten minutes in the whole doc or something. Yeah. Maybe not even that, probably. No, not even. Two, two minutes tops. It's just a lot of fun. It was a good time. It was so, I was like, you guys should be passing a joint around while you conduct the interview, but that created like all sorts of continuity errors. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It was like a Scorsese movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's smoking at a different point. There's whip zooms everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) The joints in everybody's mouth as they're asking the question. Yeah. Derek, you need to talk because I'm, yeah. You guys should talk. I don't know. How free willing do you want this to be? We can get pretty free. Clearly, pretty free reeling. <laughs> well, because they, they both worked on uh, Long Shot, too. Yeah, Derek, what's Long Shot and what did you do there? Uh, Long Shot was a documentary we did about the Tracking Point Smart Rifle, so the rifle that helps you aim and shoot really far. Uh, so we went to Texas and for a week straight, uh, we shot guns. Um, it was the most I've ever worked in one single week. I uh, calculated it. Um, we work, I worked 120 hours that week. Um, so most days uh, I slept for three or four hours a night and then got up at five in the morning and shot guns until one in the morning that night. Um, and it was a great time. Uh, this, uh, rifle is about the size of a, it's as long as a surfboard. Um, and it's just enormous. The cartridges for it are the size of my middle finger and I have large hands. So so it was enormous. Um, and I remember the first time I shot it, I almost peed myself a little bit because I never shot a rifle that large before. And the second time I shot it, I shot the, a man sized target at a thousand yards. So I went from being terrified to like being a high caliber sniper in about the course of 30 seconds. Um, which was uh, an interesting experience. Uh, I don't know. I still don't know that I've fully embraced uh, or like been able to process the ramifications of such capability. Oh yeah, that was still that was definitely like still that was probably my favorite shoot I've ever been on. That was like the most fun. It's a great pun, by the way. Oh yeah, right, <laughs> right. Because we were shooting. Uh, yeah. yeah, we worked a lot. Yeah, we did. And then I also uh, another great moment was. Uh, I was filming, I think, at this point, um, and uh, Gil was shooting. It was his, and we were standing in the back of a pickup truck, shooting over the cab at pigs in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And I just remember crouching, holding a camera, holding a camera, and just seeing the uh, the whatever it's called, the mic cover, the sock thing. Oh yeah, yeah, the what dead it, cat. The dead cat. That's a great name for uh, for it. But yeah, yeah, all the little. It's a fuzzy thing, and like air was blasting over it. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's when I realized that uh, Gil was uh, shooting right over my head, basically. <laughs> that's super and I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. Like I can't believe that these guys don't care whatsoever. Another moment when we were driving a golf cart, and the guys having me shoot out of the front of the golf cart. Yeah. And I almost missed a target, and I wanted to hit every single one as he was racing through the desert. And so I like start to move the barrel over towards the right and he's a right side driver and the guy just sticks his hand up and like kind of grabs the barrel of the gun and lets me keep shooting and like moves his head out of the way and then pushes the barrel away because he was like all right don't shoot me in the head while they're maniacs man yeah they They were total maniacs that was the baghdad run right yeah that's that's what they they call that the The baghdad run the old baghdad yeah hopping an off-road golf cart basically here's a gun oh and he also found out i was from california so he's a very short barreled uh ar-15 yeah which are not legal there and he's like oh from california oh well Nancy Pelosi wouldn't let you have this one. And I was <laughs> a like, lot of oh, dragging her name okay, around. yeah, sure. <laughs> she, I guess she wouldn't. I don't know really how to respond to that, but I'll shoot it. Yeah. I guess, you know? And you so, did, and you did yeah. good. Yeah, I felt pretty proud of myself. Yeah, anyway. I feel uh, like half of the time it was just spent shooting AR-15s that didn't have the scope technology that we were there to do the story on, but those guys were just so yeah. like ready to show us a good time that yeah. they were like, all right, we're, we're going to go shoot all night and all morning. Here's a gun. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, were you, uh, are you doing interviews with us? Uh, I, this is the interview, yes. Oh, okay, good. We're just chatting. All right. Oh, look, we have new people. <laughs> Thank God, because this has gone highly off the rails I already. I thought that was the point. No, no, it's great. It's you great. But let's, let's reel it yeah. back in slightly. Or, like, maybe it'll be even I crazier. I have no start, idea. We're going to end up singing, like, a yeah. hymn from, uh, from like, uh, Home Alone 2 or something. <laughs> really yeah. dramatic. Anyway. Sorry. All right, who are you? We've got a new person here. Oh, uh, hello. My name is Nicholas DeLeon. I am the new editor of Short Form News Content here at Motherboard. I just started last week. 
Good luck. <laughs> Derek was just telling us how he was shooting at pigs from the back of a pickup truck in the middle of the night, potentially using an illegal assault rifle. It was legal in Texas. Illegal in Texas sh- assault rifle. Yeah. Uh, what did you do last weekend? <laughs> what did I do last weekend, as in as in this past weekend? Uh, Bye, Derek. I have to go. I love all of you people. Good luck on your volley, care, volley yeah. softball game. Give him hell, buddy. Fuck New York Magazine, am I right? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, last weekend I actually I had a corgi meetup in my building. Uh, I have a corgi named Winston. He's two years old, and there's a couple other corgis in the building, and we had a little meetup in my apartment, and it, it looked like a like a dumb BuzzFeed post in there for a little while. So did, that's what I did. Did you take any pictures? Uh, uh, yeah, there's a couple. If you look on. Uh, it's Instagram.com slash Winston in NYC. Are you going to turn it into content for I mean, I would love to, to be honest. I would love to actually make money off his online, his social media presence. But I'm not that good at social media, so that hasn't happened yet. So, Nicholas, you just started here. I'm very excited to have you. I was out last week doing some reporting. Uh, what did you do last week? What, how do you like it so far? Uh, I, I like it uh, a lot. It's very, it's, it's very, uh, it feels very young here, very hip and happening. And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm not, I play video games. I watch wrestling. I don't know how hip I am. Uh, so that's sort of my only, uh, like, Ooh, sort of observation there. Can you tell me more about what's going on in wrestling right now? Someone was telling me this weekend that there's like some backyard or, and, or like younger type of wrestling league that just got a TV deal. Do you know what? That is. Uh, I mean, the hot thing right now is NXT. That's yeah. uh, an offshoot of WWE, uh, where they're basically they're trying to like recruit and mold the stars of the future. So they created this little sub brand called NXT, which is based in Florida, and that's where they train all the wrestlers. That's that's the hot thing right now. Uh, no, nobody likes WWE. WWE is, it's fascinating because everybody watches. Everybody hate watches it. Nobody likes it. Everyone just watches it and they're miserable and they, they nitpick about every little thing. And uh, you know that's that's the community that they've uh, they sort of in, in you know uh, created for themselves. Right. It's a very bizarre sort of situation. Right. So uh, when I was in third grade, I think I went to a sleepover at a friend's house, and they put on a VHS tape of I guess it was WWF at the time. Right. And it was Undertaker versus Kane, I believe. Okay. And Kane put Undertaker in a coffin and then lit the coffin on fire, <laughs> and he died so i thought and i went maybe five or six years thinking i watched a person die and like it was a highly traumatic experience and i had no idea that undertaker is still alive and well he's alive potentially still wrestling he was there last night they had a big uh pay-per-view last night he was there he's looking old i kind of would like to see him you know retire and you know retire on the farm and just live out his rest of his days in peace and harmony but no he's he's still wrestling do you remember this coffin fire uh sort of vaguely yeah that that they they sort of do those you know inferno match gimmicks every now and then uh you know who's your favorite wrestler uh right now i'd probably say uh kazuchika okada he's japanese oh my god yeah there's a big there's a uh, there's WWE, that's the big company, but then there's like New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is like once you get real deep in the weeds in wrestling, it's like WWE stinks. I have to go elsewhere for my to scratch this itch. Why so does you wind WWE up in Japan. stink though? Like what? What is uh like? What is good wrestling? Oh, just nothing. What do you want to see? What uh, makes you happy as a I consumer? I mean, I'm I'm more than happy just to see a good match. I don't necessarily need like all these complex storylines. Oh, he's you know he has wronged me. I must get my revenge. I don't necessarily need that. I could I could just watch two. You know, athletes have a have a good bout. I'm happy with that. But uh, a lot of WWE just uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, like for their internal like storyline structure. It's like, well, he did this to him last week. Why are they friends this week? That doesn't make any sense. It's a lot of that. It's a lot of just like poor like storytelling. That's what right. sort of annoys people more than anything. Right. And you were hired to be our short form editor. Yes. What? Why would anyone ever want to do short form? Like. You know, there's so much talk about, oh, hashtag long form and right, like course. deep reporting and blah, blah. What does, uh, you know, this clickbait nonsense you're bringing to us, <laughs> uh, you know, bring to the table? Uh, well, I would say I'm, I'm, a fi- um, I'm a fan of hashtag long form. There's, 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 there's room for both, basically. Uh, the idea is that, you know, you're going to have your long form stories on motherboard. That's not changing. I'm not here to like turn the site into like 
check out this fun Star Wars USB hub. Like, that's not going to be Motherboard. Uh, the idea is to sort of uh, address stories that Motherboard wasn't necessarily addressing in the past. So events like Google I.O., Apple WWDC, all these sort of like big sort of just like hard news events where there's not really a, you know, a quote unquote motherboard uh, angle to to these stories. Uh, we're going to be looking to do a little bit more coverage of those type of things. Uh, so it's it's not the idea is not to turn motherboard upside down and turn it into some weird short, you know, pithy content farm. It's just to sort of bring into sort of bring additional news that uh, that otherwise motherboard w- wouldn't cover, uh, you know, that, that might be useful for the average motherboard reader is sort of how I look at it. Is the plan to make it motherboard a one-stop shop for all of your tech news needs? Like, that, do I not have to go to any other website ever? Uh, that would be ideal, sure. I mean, there's nothing wrong with going to other websites. Other websites, every, every, no, you know, except does. New York Magazine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't uh, don't know the beef here, per se. It's but just, uh, It just started. Yeah, Derek is playing them in softball in a few minutes. Okay, well, I hope we win, you know, (laughs) in in a you know in a in a a strong fashion. Take a hike, New York Mag. Yeah, no, there's (laughs) there's room for everything. Uh, That's that's the general idea. We want to, you know, if if we become a one stop tech shop, that's great. But you know, uh, I'm I'm not discouraging people if some if you know if say The Verge has a good article on this topic, then you should go ahead and read that. Uh, But we're definitely going to try to do. Be a little bit more uh, comprehensive as far as you know the day-to-day tech news uh, cycle. Right. Do you have any questions for Chris or Chris or me? Uh, what is your What is the favorite podcast that you guys have recorded? This one right now. <laughs> this, excepting no, this one. Um, I, I'm not on most of them, and Gil's never been on any of them. Right. So. I've never been on a podcast ever in my life. So, so this one, yeah. Okay. The one that has performed Avery, the best yeah. was the one in which we theorized that the universe might be a hologram, and I also thought that was fun to record. Um, was I on that one? Yeah, you were on that one. I was. We were talking about Adrian seeing like a horse in Williamsburg, and it was weird. Yes, the horse. Yeah, that was good. That's our best performing one? Uh, yeah. Then the that year. one and the head transplant one did well, and Elon Musk did well, and... I don't know. They all do kind of about the same, but the simulated universe one did by far the best. Yeah. Well, as thanks said, for listening. Has your people. opinion changed? Is the universe a simulation? Uh, it's been like five weeks, so no. I, I, yes, it probably is a simulation. But well, you no. think that the universe is a simulation? Well, like no, but some theoretical physicists do believe that we could be living in like a hologram, which is a very complicated sort of like theoretical physics sort of thing. Um, The simulation one is a little bit easier to explain, and it's basically we are trying to create super intelligent life right now, and if we create super intelligent life, then we're trying to simulate artificial, we're trying to simulate intelligence with artificial intelligence. Oh my God, cut this. I remember (laughs) one of the comments on, on, <clears throat> that uh, episode was that uh, it uh, it annoyed the, the person who was commenting that uh, such plebeians would discuss such a uh, difficult scientific uh, topic. Oh, they right. were saying that they were you hot pissed. Were, you were not smart enough to be discussing the topic. Yeah, they were hot pissed. Well, that that, was, that yeah. we wasted their time. Who does he work for? New York Magazine. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, the general theory is that we have games like The Sims, and if we get to the point where we can create a level of simulation in which its denizens are self-aware, then what's to say like we are not some super intelligent artificial intelligence's simulation of themselves? So somebody's are we are The Sims in a nutshell, in a very we are very the Sims, yes. nutshell. Yeah, which, that's crazy. Doesn't it, it kind of makes sense? No. I mean, hell, any of those theories, if you sell it to me right, makes sense. Right. I'd say. Uh, I agree. Um, I mean, wasn't that addressed in the first Men in Black movie at the end where they zoom out and the whole world was just like a, like a 
marble set for some bigger aliens. Yeah, That's what I, I remember. Yeah, I think that even right. I think you're that right. might have even gotten brought up on that episode. I think you... it was Men in Black, and let's just rehash that episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just this is we're re-performing That's why that it's episode. Great. You asked me which one was the best. <laughs> yeah. We're just we're just restaging it because it's the. But best. I was unaware of all of this. I love learning this. This is yeah. this is insane. Yeah. Oh, you should just probably listen to that one rather than like then, waste like, our let's, let's waste. viewers' time. <laughs> Our, our listeners time this is like the episode of like the episodes of the simpsons that are clip shows you know yeah. but those are still good and you watch them yeah that's true should we play some clips, like treehouse some, of horrors some, like really funny things we said in yeah. the past yeah. <laughs> no not like treehouse of horrors like the simpsons 274th episode spectacular oh, yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in which why why do clip shows become a thing like to fill uh, season quotas, mm-hmm. uh, especially for something that's animated, they're right. just like I, they don't really, you know, you don't see them that much anymore. Yeah, I mean, Family I th- Guy does them every now and then, Do but they, they kind of drag up the old style of stuff. Same reason, just to, I, yeah. to fill the twenty-four episode order or whatever. It's too much. Yeah, it's like the bottle episode, but totally oh, different. We're being joined by. All right, we've got another person. Okay. Um, all right, we can all stand here. We can all still be on if you want, but if anyone is like done talking, they can also leave. But also, everyone's <laughs> still here. Yeah, <laughs> no, we'll no, no. We'll go. Thank you. Okay, the curses are leaving. Bye, guys. Wait, you should stay. Hi. Who are you? I'm Adrian. Adrian, you've been you? on this. I'm Jason. This has been a Who very interesting podcast. I'm Nicholas, so far. and I'm actually gonna gonna head out. I don't want to step on Adrian's toes as she as she uh, conducts the po- the rest of the podcast. So. Tag Jamie. Yeah, Tag go Jamie bring in. Jamie in here. Okay, I will. One moment. What I miss? Okay. Um, to recap, quickly, Chris Gill and Chris O'Coin talked about how they got really high on the shoot for High Country, and then Derek talked about shooting guns on long shot and then we talked a lot of shit about new york mag because derek is playing new york oh mag. right the big game yeah how do you feel about new york mag i like new york mag a lot okay that's not <laughs> the theme of this podcast <laughs> no but i i also like new york mag i was reading it yesterday did you read that tanahisi Coates story i have not yet well i read a different story as well did you read the one about Never mind. That Look, I've only done the I've only done the crossword puzzle so far this week, <laughs> but I'm getting I'm gonna get on the rest. Yeah. Anyways, Adrian's been with us for a year now. Have you been here a year? Mm, eight months. No, longer than that. October. It's like July now. Is it? Yeah. October. It's like longer than eight months. Anyways, where'd you come from? What are you doing here? What What's your deal? Whoa. Yeah, I guess that's like nine or ten months. Uh, before I started at Motherboard, I was a reporter at The Verge, and before I started at The Verge, I was a reporter and then editor of the tech site Betabeat, which was part of the New York Observer, and before that, I wrote for a bunch of random small places, like the tech blog Read Write Web and the business magazine Oregon Business, and a bunch of newspapers. Oregon. Portland. Yeah, so Portland. Cool. Portland, and then for a summer, Bend, Oregon. I don't know what Bend, where Bend is. That's cool. Um, what, what made you come to Motherboard, and what do you like best about us? I like Motherboard because I would come to the site and see stories that I hadn't seen anywhere else. And when you write about tech and are on Twitter all day, you see a lot of the same stories over and over. And... I was coming at tech from a slightly different, well, like slightly less immersed perspective than a lot of my fellow tech reporters. So I think I was interested in slightly different kinds of stories, and it just happens to be really in line with what Motherboard is into, like creepy subcultures and anarchist using subversive technology, and I don't even know how to describe what motherboard is about but it's about weird stuff and i like that yeah i think that we are a group of reporters and editors and uh, video production team of people who think that technology is extremely important but don't particularly like or use technology (laughs) 
or we use technology, but like we are not geeking out about it. And I think that's kind of what makes us a little bit different. Like, yeah, it's ve- it's also like very suspicious of technology. Yeah, technology is terrible. Right. I think someone said it might have been me that motherboard is a tech blog for people who hate tech. Dash Adrian Jeffries, twenty fifteen. Yep. How does it feel to quote yourself? It feels empowering. No, it doesn't. Oh. I wish I had quoted myself. Oh, thank on God someone quote. else is coming. The energy level here fell so hard when Adrian got here. <laughs> Not really. Well, also, there were like four people, and now there's only two people. But now there's three. Hi, yeah. Jamie. Hi. Talking to, talk to here. Can you reach? I, I think so. Can you hear me? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna lower this, this mic. Okay. Go I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Jamie, up, who are you? What are you doing here? I'm a producer for a motherboard. That's pretty much it. That's the most interesting thing about me. What do producers do, and what is something you've done lately? What's What's your last name also, and your Twitter handle, so you can get fans? Um, yeah, that's really the only reason I'm here. <laughs> uh, my last name Jamie Sanchez, and my Twitter handle is at J Sanchezy with three E's, not two. Um, did you ever consider a fourth E? I did actually, but I just didn't know how to explain it. Once I had to tell people my Twitter handle. I was like, poor Jesus seems a little excessive. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, people are like, um, don't you think that's a little much? Yeah. <laughs> but no Definitely. extra Y or anything. No, just an extra E because someone had the two E's already, so I really had to make it work, I know. Someone has my name without an underscore. Someone, like, stole my internet life. It's, like, really annoying. There's one other Jason Kebler in the entire world. He has jasonkebler.com. He has like Facebook slash Jason Kebler. He has Twitter slash Jason Kebler. He has jasonkebler at gmail.com. And this motherfucker, listen to this. Uh, he friended me on Facebook and I accepted before I knew that he was trying to steal my life. And I was studying abroad in Chile in like 2009 or something. And he messaged me and he's like, oh, Chile looks really fun from your photos and stuff. And I was like, yeah, it's great. It's like cool. And he moved there. He moved to Chile, like, the next <laughs> week and, like, lived there for years. Is his real name Jason? Is, is that his real name or he's just trying to be you? No, that's his real name. He's yeah. older than me. And I've... he found you? That's bizarre. This is the craziest story I've ever heard. I'm doing this to another Adrian Jeffries. Where I'm does... sure she's so frustrated. <laughs> yeah. She's, like, a millennial and a soccer player. I don't know. Are I don't know just... anything about her because like, she's ungoogleable. It's all me. So she has like Adrian Cheesy <laughs> at Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, she has Adrian with eight E's. I mean, nothing gets better than everyone thinking you're usually a small Spanish man. Every time somebody sees my name, <laughs> they automatically assume I'm a man. And I have to like, ex- like when I write emails, I have to like exclamate and like put like a smiley face in there to draw some type of like feminine undertone so that people don't assume that. They think you're Jaime. Jaime was my Spanish name in middle school Spanish. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I should probably leave. I'm going to go tag somebody else in, and it's going to be a surprise. Oh, my God. Who is it? Anyways, what do you do here, and what's a a story you just worked on? I'm a producer here at Motherboard, which means I talk to strangers out in the field, videotape them, come back, and make some type of uh, content with them. Um, and it's been great. The last thing I would say I worked on, actually this shoot was like, whatevs, but I went to the Hoover Dam <laughs> and shot the Pat Tillman Bridge, which for Future Structures, a wonderful series that we have, which I think um, looked awesome. Still working on that piece. Uh, it's like an architectural marvel, actually. And other than that, the only other thing I've been doing is a lot of pre-pro for... Um, the sex trade as it pertains the to the internet. The sex trade. Ooh. Yeah. I would love to hear more about that, but I don't want anyone to steal our ideas. So yes. let's talk more about Vegas. What'd you do there? Oh my God, I did nothing in Vegas. I was really lame. Like working I the wish, whole time. Yeah, it was 112 degrees. So it is literally hell on earth. Like it's 
incredibly hot. But yeah. I do have to go back out to Vegas too. Nice. I went to Kansas last week and it was 110 degrees and like 80% humidity or something. And I was like, this is the worst place I've ever been in my entire life. It's so hot. No, like Vegas was insane. And I really like the heat actually. And I was shocked at how hot it was. It's really crazy. I think we have Sorry. some more motherboarders coming in. I thought so. Oh. They're not here. Uh, um. Yeah. But something I did do for motherboard that's already aired that people can watch. What was it? Upgrade? What else have I done for motherboard? You did the, like, uh, the fish me. one. Oh, the, um, what fish one? What Not do you mean? the fish one. The, like, the magnet, the oil spill magnet one. Oh, Sorry. he's actually amazing. I, like, have a nickname for him. His, they call him Magneto. <laughs> what is, who is this guy? What is it? He is a uh, particle physicist, and he works at a Fermilab in Illinois. Um, so he basically just studies, like, particles and atoms at a very fundamental level and what happens when they collide at high velocities. But on, like, his side hustle is figuring out how to clean up oil spills. And he really did it by accident, which was, like, so dope to me because he really wasn't, like, doing this for work. He just did this in his garage. And he uh, he watched the BP oil spill, and his wife was like, well, what would you do if you maybe were a scientist on any of these recovery teams? And he was like, well, I'd like magnets. I'd figure out a way to magnetize it. And magnetizing oil is not like a necessarily new science, but the way that he um, figured out to do it was like completely organic. So he was just using magnetite, which you find in sand. It's like a natural occurring mineral. And he was like, basically, you just spread the magnetite over the oil. The oil will actually grasp it, not let it fall through. Like, you have to, like, figure out proportion-wise, like, how much magnetite will it take to move this oil. Mm -hmm. And then you just put a high-powered magnetic force, and the oil moves with the magnetite. So um, from a visual perspective, it was sick because I was like, whoa, this could really change the game. But, uh, yeah. Is and that close to being, like, used in real oil spills? Well, he wants to patent this boom. So basically, for anyone who doesn't really understand what happens in oil spills, there's like three like fundamental cleanup principles that are actually all relatively shitty. Um, one of them is just the boom method, which is just this like floating device that helps like basically close off where the oil could continue to move. And they try to use that to help like rally it or like move it to one section. So he wants to create an electromagnetic boom. So when you place it in the water, if the oil is already magnetized with the magnetite, you could just turn it on, through, run a current through it, and then it'll just start to drive all the water towards it. Eventually you would have it run off and siphon and eventually filter it because you, in essence, could filter the magnetite and oil out of the water. Is it going to get to the point where we can just like throw oil in the water for fun because it'll be like harmless? Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope not. That would probably not be that fun of a thing to do it anyways. It would probably be terrible. But yeah. he was just really brilliant, and we played ping pong. And he's, like, badass at ping pong. I whooped nice. my ass at ping pong. Yeah, it was really good. But that was really good. I love that story, actually. So you're a producer. I've started kind of producing things around New York. I think I'm you pretty bad at it. It's very difficult. Do you have any tips for someone who wants to, like, make videos? Yeah. the I think the biggest strength a producer can have is getting people to do things that might make them uncomfortable. So it's like a lot of times people are either hesitant to the camera or hesitant to be candid or talk to you. And I think being really personable, which you are, Jason, uh, is really the key to being a good producer. I mean, especially I think here at Vice, I think if you get people to like you, uh, they're willing to kind of like let you put cameras on them. Um, I would think that's it. I think taking the time to like build a rapport with a subject is super important, definitely. Um, and getting to know them and like doing your homework, which is right. definitely something you do. Oh, we'll see. All right, <laughs> let me see if anyone else is coming. You yeah, stay, sure. But let me just. All right, we've got two more people. These will be our last two guests of the day. There are many other people who work for Motherboard, but they're either busy or not here or in Canada or in London or just like being lame right now. Uh, who we got here? Get, Get over here. Stop putting that blanket on your head. We have Lorenzo trying to cover himself <laughs> Hi, in a fur. Hi, this is Lorenzo. And? Oh, and Eric Franco. And what do you guys do here? I write stuff, uh, mostly about hackers and spies. And I'm a researcher, which means video stuff mainly. Jamie was just talking about wanting to encrypt her email to send to 
such online trolls. Can you facilitate that for her? Lorenzo, yeah, I was told I need to, you're the man I need to talk to. Uh, yes, I can encrypt your emails and decrypt them if you want to. And will trolls try to ruin my life, like if they find me on social media? Um, I'm not too familiar with like how trolls operate, but uh, you're probably they might like bother you, yeah. Yeah. Regardless of really how you communicate this. with them. Yeah, I know. From what I've gathered in my research, they seem to be uh, pretty notorious, especially towards females. You should change your Twitter handle <laughs> now that we've disclosed <laughs> it. No. Um, a great topic to have, or a topic of conversation to have publicly on the podcast. You're just giving them, giving them the bait right now. I know, seriously. It's fine. The, our listeners are really nice. We'll get yeah. Jamie a PGP Also, tutorial. I'm going to raise your <laughs> microphone so you don't have to duck like crazy. Well, then what am I supposed to do? Well, you're, it's too low for you as well. It should be It's like, Adrian's height. Which it is Adrian's height. Actually, child, child height. Yeah, this In is, a good way. This is better. Yeah. That's like the correct height. Um, anyways, why would anyone ever encrypt their emails, Lorenzo? Why can't we just send everything like totally normal? And also, if I text my mom my password all the time, is that like a bad thing? Like if she's like, hey, what's a Netflix password? And I'm like, it's password one, two, three. Like, why is that a problem? Well, if it's password one, two, three, you can text her because it's so bad that basically, you know, everyone knows it anyway. Um, but I mean, <laughs> texting your mom your password to Netflix is rel a relatively low risk because, you know, even, you know, what's what's the worst case scenario? I can watch Netflix on your uh, account, right? So I don't spend $10, you spend $10 for me. But um, so well, what if I use the same password for everything? Well, then it's a bad idea because if I have your Netflix password, then I can read your emails, I can get into your bank account, and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, everything, you, basically everything you own, your Facebook, your Twitter. Um, but to answer your initial question, which was why would you encrypt your email is, well, because email was basically designed to be the electronic equivalent of postcard, uh, postcards. It wasn't designed to be like secure. So um, in e originally, like all emails traveled across the internet, basically for everyone to to be re read. Now providers have um, implemented some sort of encryption themselves, so that like a casual listener on the wire cannot snatch the communications. But still, if you're really worried about what you're saying to somebody, you should just encrypt it so that only the person you're sending it to can read it. Why is encry could encryption be really dangerous though? I mean, I'm learning more. This sounds like a really ignorant question, but I feel like in order to hide your tracks in certain realms, encryption kind of comes in handy. Yeah, it's it's a like, if you mean like can encryption be like seen as a negative like a, a, as a red flag? Then the answer is actually yes. Like actually, um, the NSA, for example, has a like a script um, when they intercept communications around the world that if you're if the if somebody's using encryption it gets it gets flagged or and the communication gets stored indefinitely in case just in case they can decrypt it and break it later. Uh, but you know that's still better than not encrypting it at all. So it all depends on what you're trying to protect and who you're trying to protect against. You know if you're if you're trying to protect against the NSA or you know Chinese spies then there might not be anything you can do. But in this case, you know, in our case, maybe we're just trying to protect against uh, random criminals or, you know, hackers right. like that. And did you mean like, you know, if I'm a criminal, I can encrypt my email and then no one can read it and then commit crimes with it? That too. I mean, I basically meant kind of what Lorenzo made a good point in regards to being considered a red flag because I kind of didn't really think of that. But that is kind of what I meant. Right. Well, the FBI would agree with you 100 percent. And like over the last few months, they've been talking almost nonstop about needing a way of breaking encryption so as to like find child pornographers and kidnappers and murderers and terrorists. And the argument against that is if you poke a hole in it in some way, then you know, China can get into it and like regular criminals because once you like start, uh, you know, breaking encryption in any way, you've created a vulnerability that can't be sealed back up. So it's a debate that's going to rage on for probably forever. Um, but yeah, people, people will probably use it for bad things, but that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, we have to kill it for everyone, I guess. Yeah, but so then how, how does that... How do you, uh, I guess it's just different types of encryption or different levels? Once again, an ignorant question. 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, you know, the FBI has been complaining about it, but they're still being, they're still able to, uh, you know, investigate the crimes they need to investigate. Expe- uh, for example, uh, last week, they anna- the FBI itself announced that they had um, arrested two uh, child pornographers, and they were using Tor, which is a, a relatively famous uh, an anonymizing tool that allows you to connect to the internet, hiding your real IP address. So the idea uh, when Tor was Tor was created to protect like the, uh, military people or dissidents and people that needed to like protect their communications from like repressive regimes. But obviously, you can imagine that it can also be used by child pornographers because they don't want to get caught. But they the way that they they were still able to like get around it and find them. So there's always like there's always there are always way around it if you really like want to get criminals. How did we get started talking about this? Yeah, I was gonna say no. Let's bring this back. Let's bring this back a bit because earlier we were talking about like weed and like shooting at pigs and stuff, and now we're like teaching people things, which is (laughs) terrible. So uh, Eric, what did you do this weekend? Oh, God. You picked a, a really exciting weekend to ask me that. Uh, I did nothing because I've been sick. As you could probably tell by my wretched podcast voice, I watched uh, Netflix. What'd you watch? Um, I tried to watch Bloodline again and ended up falling asleep. And what else did I All watch? right. So what about, how about like a previous weekend that was fun? <laughs> I know you're a man about town. Also, um, tell me about your new skateboard. Uh, wow, this is... I have not used my new skateboard, so that's <laughs> nothing to say there. Do we want... Are we trying to get some good... Qu- all right. Trey's trying to learn a little bit about uh, you, you know? I'll give it to you, Jason. I, was, I grew up in Hawaii. My favorite restaurant, Okonomi, <laughs> off the Lorimer stop. My favorite movie before sunrise series so that's all three not even really one movie what's your favorite color favorite color not applicable no favorite color (laughs) (laughs) as he wears all black black yeah yeah, wait is it white that's the absence no black Black is absence of color white reflects everything and jamie wears white all the time i do wear white all the time that's why eric and i make a really good team yeah why do you wear white all the time i don't know it's just so clean i like it Neutral, do you have problems like choice. spilling ever and then you no have to, like, i embrace get of... getting dirt like if like i get my jeans dirty like i ride my bike in my white jeans or white pants i don't know you it's ride your like... white bike in your white jeans i know it's really it's really ridiculous she just got this sweet new bike it's amazing <laughs> yeah it's really amazing but there's like a brazilian thing someone told me this once and i could sound totally stupid with this but it's like a new year's tradition that brazilians were all white as if like to start like the new year off completely clean and for some reason that stuck with me and i was just like oh man every time I want to buy a piece of clothing. It's usually white. It's weird. I got to say, like, all white is a very strong look. It's, like, takes a lot of confidence to pull that off, I feel like, maybe. I mean, well, if you know me, then. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the idea, I think. Also, the outfit of choice for painters, right? All white. I don't know why they... I feel like I, whenever I see, like, a, paint, a depiction of a painter, they're wearing all white. Yeah. Is that that's true? true? It's because they get all the colors on them, and then they got, like, a rainbow clothes. And then they look like a painter. Yeah. So I could be part of it. Lorenzo, what did you do last weekend? Uh, well, you're not going to like the, the answer because I went to a hacking conference. So we should have talked <laughs> about that. Oh, encryption. let's talk yeah, about encryption. <laughs> did you get hacked while you were there? Uh, no, because everyone was too drunk for that. But um, oh, great. <laughs> that's true. What's it story. like to get drunk with hackers? Uh, it's mostly, it's normal. It's like getting drunk with normal people. Um, oh my God, that sounds so fun. So it sounds like, yeah, it's hot, it's fun. But I also went to the beach, so yeah, uh, which was yeah. hot. And I went to the pool all day yesterday and fried myself and it was amazing. It's so hot. I love what it. Pool? The McCarran Park pool, the oh. public pool. Oh shit. They have so many rules at this pool. Let me tell you some of the rules that they have at this pool. A, no cell phones. B, no bags. C, they made me pull down the corner of my bathing suit to show I wasn't wearing boxers under it because, like, who knows? There's, like, ten cops scattered all around the pool. You have to take a shower, which I think is pretty standard, but after I took a shower, they're like, do you have your cell phone? I'm like, no, I just took a shower. 
Um, but it's a very nice pool. Shower is a pretty reasonable request, but yeah. Like a Nazi pool. There are cell phones that are water resistant, though. So that was a relevant question. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I've not been to a public pool in so long. They totally skeeved me out. Yeah, this one. I mean, it's mostly something where you like sit on the side and then like get in when it's really hot and then get right back out. So you just like showboat and like just. It's just like like, yo, look at me tanning in the middle of New York City. I'm so (laughs) suburban in my (laughs) park. So it's all people watching until it's too hot. You jump in and jump back out. Yeah. Sounds pretty yeah. amazing. Do you guys ever miss grass? Just like saying living in like New York? Yeah. Grass is terrible. What's, what's that? It... What's grass? <laughs> <laughs> I live is in that, New York City. Is, I don't know. Oh, I get it. I did, thought that was some sort of drug reference, Lorenzo. <laughs> I went to the suburbs this weekend and I saw like like a lawn and I was like, that lawn looks really nice. Yeah. You guys are cra- just... Grass just makes you itchy. You can't. There's no good thing about grass. So I went home, like, I want to say a month ago, and uh, I just had this weird thing where I was like, oh, my God, we have, like, a lawn. And I cut the grass of my own free will just because I was like, this is, like, something I haven't done in probably 10 years. And it was really fun. I very much enjoyed it. I blasted music and, like, walked around for an hour. Yeah, it was really hot. (laughs) You, You can do that in New York City, too. Walk around without, money, music. No. without pushing anything? Yeah. Or like you can push a shopping cart or You something. can push people. <laughs> New Yorkers like to do that. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and then I was just in Kansas for la- all of last week, and it was like so much open space. It's Wait, crazy. Where are you from? What were you doing No, I was reporting stories. I'm not from Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it twisted. There's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I'm from Maryland, right outside D.C. There's definitely something wrong with being from Kansas. So I was in Kansas uh, flying on a NASA airplane, which was very fun. They have this plane called the DC-8, and it's an old, like, war. It's not a war plane. It's just an old plane that's not really used anymore. And they ripped out all the seats inside of it and put a bunch of sensors in it and, like, opened up the windows a bit wider. And it's a flying laboratory, and it's the world's largest flying laboratory. And... Basically, what they're doing in Kansas is there is this phenomenon in which there are lightning storms almost every night, and it's the only place in the world that we know of that has lightning storms at night as opposed to, like, in the evening. Like, this, these are, like, 2, 3 a.m. So for 10 hours, I flew around in a plane through storms uh, and watched scientists, like, do science stuff, which is very cool. Uh, I must say that after about, like, six hours, I kind of, like, got it, you know? And I was like, all right, I'm still on this plane for, like, four more hours, and I'm really tired. And had I not been so tired, I probably would have had fun, like, more fun doing it. But uh, it was very cool, and I'm glad I got to go. What was the inside of the plane like? Was it, like, in, like, plane seats, like a commercial plane? Everything stripped out, and then they put in a couple jump seats, which I think is the term for, like, cool military-looking seats. I don't know. But they had, like, shoulder straps on them, which is very cool. Um, And then they have, like, computers everywhere. And they have – they actually had so many wires and, like, dials and things of that nature, which I think was a function of it being kind of old, but also a function of it having, like, a bunch of lasers and, like, power systems on it that normal planes don't have. So it was pretty sweet. Lasers. Yeah. Yeah, they're shooting lasers at the clouds and, like, seeing where they bounced and stuff of that nature, which is cool. Was there NASA plane food? No, but I could bring on whatever I wanted. There's no security check, which don't listen to this, terrorists. Um, <laughs> are you saying that the pool has in the current <laughs> park has more stringent security requirements than a NASA airplane? 100% yes. <laughs> it's like, that wow. is true. I got to sit in the cockpit, and I got to put on this headset and, like, talk to the pilot and stuff. And he didn't let me sit in the pilot's seat, but, like, I was right behind him, which is really cool. Second best. Yeah. And then I'll keep this one short because this is the subject of next week's podcast. But I went to this thing called Kansas Fest, which is an Apple II conference in Kansas City every year. And Apple II was a computer that came out in 1978. And these people are still tinkering with and programming like new games for this 35-year-old computer. And it's extremely nerdy, as you might guess. Um, people drive in from like all over the country to go there, and they stay at a university dorm for like eight days, or no, it's like six days, 
and just like geek out over it and it was amazing it was so so crazy nerdy so nerdy but very awesome i thought it was cool i went to a baby shower (laughs) baby showers are fun but i had a really interesting eric fell asleep the whole weekend so that's yeah i guess it's like a little less uh tragic than yours but (laughs) i talked all about uh, with with my lesbian friends about in vitro fertilization and the new like ways that people are doing it now um because uh one of my friends and her wife are pregnant and they like vetted out like the dad. So basically there was like a like a program that they were invested in, found out, pick the person, pick their ethnicity, what they kind of do with uh, like as a career, like with their lives. And then um, they got to meet him and they like met him and stuff and like decided if they liked him. And then they're like, okay, we like you. We'll take your sperm. Is this like a new type of sperm bank? It kind of is. It's like a new service that just offers more of like, I think, a little more of an intimate experience, like more of a personal thing too, where you can actually feel like it's not just a picture and a list of a description in a book, which is like kind of fascinating. So is he going to be totally like not involved at all? Totally not involved. uh, Has no legal like attachment or anything to it. um, Just through the sperm bank and the service. But it's really up to you if you want to meet the person or not, which I thought was kind of wild. That's really cool. But it does seem as though like one of the perks of a sperm bank, I guess, is you never know if it's used to like create a child with, right? More or less, yes. or do you, or do you know? Um, no, you don't know. Like normally, I think traditionally it's sperm banks, but I think with this service specifically, like if both parties are willing to do it, right. then they can, and right. that's exactly how it worked, which is just kind of crazy to me. That's very cool. Yeah. Would you guys like to know if you are donating sperm? Like I wouldn't do it, and also no, is my answer. What about you? <laughs> what what about was you? the question? Also, I'm how much? I guess I guess they like probably pay more for this. Yep. Type of thing. Definitely. That was another conversation was how much all this shit costs, which it's not cheap by no means. Yeah, my question, um, Eric, was um, if you were to donate sperm, let's say, let's assume you, you do it or you want to do it, would you want to know, um, you know, if you have a kid, basically? If there's like a little mini that, Eric yeah. out there. That's a the tricky question because I wouldn't donate my sperm for that very reason, probably. Yeah. But Fair enough. That's the same thing with women. Like, um, I was having a conversation with a bunch of girls. We're talking about like a side hustle of like donating your eggs because they'll pay anywhere from eight to twelve thousand dollars for like an actual like healthy female egg, um, and it's like a pretty in depth process to like extract one without like damaging it or anything. And it's like, well, if you're in need of money, you can donate an egg, but then you could have a baby yeah. in the world out there right. not knowing, which I think is just like that's a really crazy ethical question, like. Right. Could but you you're also that? helping people too. Very true. But, so. Yeah, that one is always a little bit more involved process, right? Like almost always, you kind of meet the donor, like the parents and stuff. Yeah, or... well, it depends too. I mean, it's there's like, I mean, now I think there's just so many different ways you could either meet the parents or not, just donate it to science. Mm-hmm. Um, someone could specifically want you to donate that egg. Um, but a lot of times it's just for a cryobank. Like you'll just donate it, and it gets cryopreserved, and then that eventually gets sold. I'm kind of fat. I'm kind of interested to know, like, who decides how much this stuff costs. I don't know, but I know that it it is much more valuable than sperm for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, yes, a girl I was seeing like a couple of years ago actually did that like while I was seeing her, and it was like very intense. And I was like, all right, this is like really weird, kind really? of. I well, guess we should put her on yeah. blast, but. I mean, I don't know. I don't talk to her anymore. (laughs) (laughs) She might be listening, though. She's definitely not listening. (laughs) (laughs) Nor is anyone who knows her, I don't think. Why was it intense? Or was she just... No, it was just intense on, like, her body. You know, like, they make you take all sorts of hormones. And they, like... The process is extremely, like, invasive, obviously. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just, like, way more difficult than donating sperm. Like... (laughs) Which is extremely easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I know. I thought that was kind of like, yeah. I, it's just, I asked myself, like, would I ever do it? Um, and I was like, I don't know for that exact reason. Like, I just don't know what Eric was saying. I don't know if I'd want to know that there might be something in the world that looks a little like me. Yeah. Or, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird yeah. one. Anyway, the turn, it took a really weird, dark turn. But This yeah. has taken many turns. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're coming up on an hour now, which is uh, kind of the time that we've 
done here for some reason. We've settled on an hour and you're probably bored of us talking about God knows what. Um, thank you all for listening. If you've stuck around this long, please give us feedback because if you like this type of crazy thing, we'll do much more of it because it's way easier to do this than to have any sort of theme and <laughs> preparation. And the reason that it is so freewheeling this week is because uh, the one next week is going to take a lot of prep and stuff. So hopefully that one is good. Um, Anyways, thank you all for joining. Does anyone have any, like, final thoughts? Uh, wow. Uh, no final If you thoughts. like this podcast, give us a review on iTunes. But, like, base it on a different episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, or this one. If- listen, listen to the hits, and then if you like it, give us a good review on iTunes. Yeah. And if you like, uh, add some personal requests for specific motherboarders and throw out topics, I think, for this freestyle. I kind of like the freestyle. Yeah, I like to to too. Whoever, yes, tweet at motherboard. It's at motherboard with three (laughs) E's. Um, It's at motherboard and tweet who your favorite person was on the show. Tweet who was most annoying, unless it was me. And don't be sexist. Don't be sexist. <laughs> and also, if you have any topics you'd like covered, we'll cover them because you are the reason we do this or something like that. I love also, that. fuck New York Magazine. <laughs> That's a throwback. Yeah. <laughs> also, trust no one. And remember, it's not paranoia. It's true. <laughs> 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 <laughs>